Oh, you folks, welcome along once again to the LWB Club Football Pod. This is episode three. And is in association with the Recovery Hub in Carlo, Milano's Takeaway in Bidenstown, Seamus Bourne Electrical, Carpenter's Bar Lounge and Restaurant, Railway and Limited, the Barber's Barbershop, Fine Framers, J&J Services, Scats Bounce and Castles, and Precision Media Productions. Yeah, we're uh, looking ahead to round three in the uh, Carlos Senior Intermediate and Junior Football Championships. Uh, we're going to look into a crystal ball as well and maybe predict our winners at this particular juncture. Haven't seen a couple of rounds. Uh, we might give those for the uh, first three tiers. Uh, John Kelly's going to be coming on telling us about the uh, Game of My Life book, which he has put together with some of Carlos' uh, greatest ever hurlers and footballers. That's coming out. I think there's a launch on Thursday evening in Tinryland. Uh, Paul Roderick and Tommy Dwyer in attendance so john will tell us all about that at around half past nine is going to be joining us so plenty to get through uh we will have some camogie results as well they're um just coming into us because there was around the games this evening wouldn't fancy playing a game this evening for a number of reasons uh weather one electric picnic two but anyway fair play for anyone that went out there and and played a game this evening and i think uh, anyone that's that's training as well not ideal brian donahue stephen bambrick how are you getting on gents evening kev well lads Hey Steve, what's happening? Steve, you're uh, you're sending in results there as we as we speak. Maybe we'll actually start with uh, with Camogie because I know you have a few results to hand uh, as you're getting them there. So, uh, Nave Reed played Bidenstown three ten to one four in favour of uh, Nave Breed, I think. Um, I know there's a couple yeah. more on the way. Michael victorious over St Mullins and Monster Rangers three six. Ballin Killen one six. Uh, another one. Kildavan three four. Uh, Stanta 2-6 just coming That's in the so, junior yeah. note last one there Calavan's yep. first win the junior I was in at the Navery Bangasun game or Moneyville game um, yeah so tricky conditions first half was the ramp kind of eased off stopped after I don't know 10 or 15 minutes the crosswind up in the top pitch um, it was knocking in until Navery got two goals in about two minutes I'd say um, Ava Lawler and the retro circuit other one and it was two, what was it, two five or two six to one, two five to a point or two a half time. And there was no score outside the second half for just a good 10 minutes. It went down there. And Bangus got back to two. And then we got a point or two then. Bangus got back to two seven to one four. And it was nothing, you know, it was took a while and could change the whole thing. And then Bray finished a bit stronger. Then they got third goal from Emma Brennan near the end. And uh, Bangus a young team with the. Plenty to work with there of some cracking players all through the field there. So uh, yeah, I met Linda Kenny, just Linda was after I was actually driving in. I was after listening to Linda on the radio. She was promoting the what's gone on with the under 14s and 15 development squads with the county there over the last couple of weeks in Munster and I was on Savage Work and the actually the culminating under 12 uh festival of Camogie tomorrow night in Fenna. And there's a programme there, a savage programme to do justice any county final and there's over 200 players involved tomorrow night in five grades of finals. Uh, hopefully we'll get the weather to stay fine at least out there in Fenna. It'd be great to get that, um, you know, give, give that bit of a help to the crowds to be out there. So, even you know, there tonight there was another 16B Shield, Division 2 Shield final in um, McGrath Park as well. So that was on the main pitch and when we built one that 3-6 to 1-4. So there was plenty going on there. You could look left or right, whichever way you wanted. There was a match going on. So, so we're getting to the time of the year where the match is going to whittle down a bit more. There's there's um knockout games coming out shortly. You know, the football this week with one more week of then it's die dog or produce the license after that. 
it's after nine o'clock. You could have said the other way that you said occasionally to us when you have a few cans of carling in you. Um, what, we'll stick we'll stick with the with the ladies for now, right? Because uh, Ben Carrington Ryland obviously played St. Anne's the other day, had a big win. So that sets up another Ben Carrington Ryland O'Loughlin ladies senior football final. I know the date might be hot off the press there. I don't know, did you get it yet or is it still? Could be there's talks of September day, he and hopefully in Dr. Cullen Park. You know, as I said, that's not it's hmm. not in, in Sandstone. And I think this St. Anne's and Fenna going to a senior B competition now with two teams out intermediate. So at least their season's not over. Like it's a big step up, both of them come up with intermediate in the last couple of years. So I was laughing uh, at that one liner there, which is pretty good. Fairness. <laughs> the last two last two weeks in a row, we've had to wait about twenty minutes to produce epic one liners. Um, and yeah, Stevie's straight in. Well, no, that's that's going to be that's going to that's going to be a cracker. And looking forward to that one as well. Absolutely. Now, on a separate note, at EP, I was uh, I put up a little tweet there earlier. Um, I think the Kilroy lads might be there next year because uh, Peter this finished up, and then they went out to a little Abbasset, and they must have been listening in last week, and they must really want those Kilroy lads there. Um, anyone in around them, them, what do you call it, that Island's Edge tent or that uh, the Heineken part anyway, they'd want to kill right lads around. Uh, maybe the White Mills will have a stand there next year too. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so uh, yeah, no, that's the that's the scale. Right, we'll delve into um, the action this weekend. Um, we got our fixtures the other day and thanks to, to Jordyle for producing those. We might go through them in order of, uh, of timeline first and then we maybe go into permutation and things. But Friday, Intermediate Championship, uh, 7.30, Network School Park Range versus Kilbride. Good bit of state there, a semi-final uh, up for grabs. Uh, training Centre in Fenna, also Friday night, 7.30, St. Patrick's versus Airog. Junior Football Championship, PA part of that, uh, 7.30, first team at home. O'Loughlin taking on Ballin, uh, Tyroyland taking on Lockton Bridge, Paladine taking on Bindersham Gales, and then the Junior B, Raffili at home to Fenna also at the same time. On Saturday then, Netwatch Cullen Park, Senior Football Championship, uh, 5.30, Paladine, O'Loughlin, and then after that, quarter past seven, you have Ballin, Rana, Rogue. Intermediate Football Championship out in the training centre, Fenna, six o'clock, uh, Fenna versus Navon, and O'Hanrahan's versus Clown Tonegal at 6.30, same venue. Uh, Sunday then 12 o'clock early start Junior A Championship Clamore versus the Fighting Cox uh, I know that's a bit of a dead rubber which we're going into later on but that's some way to start a Sunday lads at 12 o'clock if you're at on get yourself out to Istanbul look at Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce um, Senior get Football Championship first. then huh? get to Mass first get to Mass first yeah <laughs> you could be going to Mass after it as well bless <laughs> me father for I have seen uh, 2 o'clock Netwatch Cullen Park um, senior championship action, Trinum versus Bindersome Gales, which many people might argue is possibly the game of the weekend. And then after that, quarter to four, uh, Philly Mountains to Rangers. So that's where we're at in terms of the fixtures. Where do we start in terms of permutations? Do we do we go straight into talking about <clears throat> dead rubbers? I think I counted three in total, and then there's a few more that are not quite dead rubbers. But Brian, you you put it eloquently there. Actually, um, what was what was the term you used to describe not quite a dead rubber? But a little bit to play for Game. in terms of sorting out positions. Non non consequential. Non consequential. Yeah. Second and third versus third. Yeah. Starting out second and third and then yeah, pretty much that. So it's probably a topic worth talking about first, because I know we've we've given a little bit of brief, a brief insight into permutations last week. And we will go into it in proper detail again. But it's mad because I'm the whole time talking about the, the lease structure and how big of a fan I am of that. But there's a lot of people giving out with the lease structure at the moment over there as well, and they're not impressed with it. Um, I think namely because of 16 teams and maybe the 17 best team 
uh, being the intermediate champions go on then as the 17 best team whereas maybe in another county it's the 9th best team or the 11th best team which tends to make a difference when it comes to Leinster and they have dead rubbers too with their structure but what is the least structure how do they run it simple enough uh, you have a couple of chances to get yourself straight into a quarter final so if you win your first senior championship game you play another winner in, in round 2 and then if you win the first two you're straight into a quarter final if you win either of your first two games you will play a round 3 against someone who's also either won one of the first two games. Um, and then if you lose your first two games, you're going into a relegation semi-final. Pretty fair system. Um, it's it's as fair a system as I can as I can source anyway. But some people just take the other teams in it as a little bit too much. But yeah. then, given year to year, anyone can end up anywhere. But, like, we've talked about this quite a lot. And I don't want to take away because there is some big games on this weekend. And there's nothing we can do about it this year. Uh, I think there's been a vote on it previously too and people didn't really want to change but I, I, I'm saying to all of them I'd like to see it go to 10 teams um, I don't know what your thoughts are before before we delve into it in detail any any particular outlook on this Brian I, I would love um, one group of eight and uh, call me crazy but an, um, an open open draw for each round and whatever it is first first two teams that, to win four games into a final or you know you win, win three games you could be in the final but I, I'd love to take I, I think there's a downside player to one, having, player one say again was it like player one kind of no because you you'd end up with loads of dead rubbers then but it's say give, give everyone a minimum of three four games um, so like open draw the first week obviously the second week you can't play the same team again Um but so you could end up maybe week one and the likes of Erog uh, to Ireland like we had last week or a Rafili Erog in round one. And then that get, that opens it up then for the likes of maybe a Balnebrana to turn over a Rangers or a, or vice versa. But I think when you have two groups of four, a team, and I don't think any team would ever, ever does this, but we can all look at two groups of four and go, well, you know, if... Uh, if Rangers can win one game there, they're going to be in the quarterfinal. And it's mm. it's it's too predictable. Where if it's an open draw, I think you're going to get teams who have to go for it from week one. Um, and you, you can't kind of... I think it gets rid of this idea of trying to get teams trying to peak at right times and this kind of thing. But um, I don't think you'd ever get clubs in Carlo to, to vote for it. Like, you know, I just don't... Um, and I, I'd love to get rid of this seeding and let... Like, the, the best, the best entertainment for likes of us is the best teams playing the best teams as often as possible. And when you're keeping the likes of Tyrell Nairog or Rafili Nairog, or if you're keeping Palatine Rafili from playing each other every single year, like that's not good. Like I, every time Rafili gets to play Pal or Rafili gets to play Nairog, like I want to be there. I'm sure it's the same if if um, you know Tyrell are playing Nairog or Tyrell are playing. Um, the Blues from their senior, whatever the case may be, when when the, the better chance the rivalries have to happen and the better chance the, be, the best teams have to play against one another, or if you like the, the most equal, the most equal teams or the most um, um, equal level teams, I suppose. Um, like in the intermediate, you like you want to see um, Kibride playing Michel. You want to see um, the best teams playing the best teams. There is no perfect system. Um, what you described there with that leash system that sounded horrific to me now <laughs> like yeah, I, I don't get like 
You get you end up where you end up because you deserve to be there. Ultimately, that's the that's the whole yeah, of it. If you win your first two games, you're in the quarter final. You deserve it because you won your first two. If you lose your first two games, you're in relegation. You deserve it. You lost your first two. If you win either of your first two games, you're in round three with a chance to get into the quarter final again. You deserve it. Mm. You know what I mean? You can win one game this weekend. Like, and this is not. I'm just using Michael as the example. Michael can win one game this weekend. Have one win, and Fennel will have two, and they'll top the group ahead of Fennel. How can you reward a team for winning? That's fair. Less yeah. games than the other team. I just, I, I don't, I do not get it. And I suppose um, fairness, I'm having this conversation year in, year out for the last three years. But yeah, fairness to the league system, you're, so even the relegates going for relegation, you're playing four games to stay up. You have four opportunities to stay up. Yeah. Okay. You know that's that's okay. the other side okay. of it. Now, okay. You can go down. You can go down. <laughs> you can go to Kenny then and look at it from that point of view, right? Where, you know, they've obviously got twelve teams, so it makes it that bit easier and. Everyone plays each other, whatever. Top two teams in either group will play a league final, and they're in a good position in, in round one as well. The second two teams play a shield final, also in a good position. And then third and fourth uh, play fourth and third. Well, fifth and sixth and sixth and fifth, they play a first round slash relegation semi final. It's just mixed in together. Mm. So it is a seeded system in accordance to your league games, which are also played with county players, I should add. And they're able to run off this, bearing in mind of a preference on one court. But they're able to run it off. And sometimes in years gone by, they've finished off this having won all early in September quicker maybe than we've finished off games. I'm not giving out our lads in there. Don't not take this the wrong way. Anyone, anyone that's listening, right? Yeah. But I, I would just wonder the next time maybe clubs go in to sit down and have a chat about the structure, which I think they had earlier this year. Just have a look at this weekend, for example, and look at it. I just don't think you should have dead rubbers in a third round of a championship in a group format of four teams. I just don't think it should happen. And I think it will uh, hinder attendances. I think it might hinder gate receipts. Why are you going in there? Like you're going to a glorified practice match in, in some cases there. Do you know what I mean? Or you're going to shadow box like. Um I don't know. Stevie, come in, come in on this one. Yeah, I know, I know can't disagree on you said. On the other hand, you're looking at Tin Ryland and Bagnestone Gales and Yeah. One of them is going to go straight to a semi final. This brings in the other scenario. If Bangus and Gales get something out of the the Ireland game, a draw or a win, you're looking potentially an Aerogra Philly quarter final. Like, what more important prospect that would be for yeah. the neutral to get uh, the teams like Tin Ireland, um, Pal, Bangus and Gales, Munster Rangers, the one the big ones will have knocked the other big one out of it. Now, other than saying that, if that does happen, the big one that knocks the other big one out will have come on leaps and bounds by winning that game as well. You know, mm-hmm. so that's like Michael in the Nevon in the intermediate. If 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 Tullinair Oaks a draw and Michael get beat me five or six points by Fenadar in relegation, possibly. I don't right. know. There's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. There's, it's, it's interesting and it's like there's probably if the you probably have to have four or five or six or ten years, maybe some uh, structure. But definitely the A team structure, I think, even though it's the intermediate is definitely the, the one where it works best, I think, because there's, I wouldn't say there's not much between any of the teams, but there's. You're right. Yep. Fennel look, look to be going well at the moment. Still have to produce a knockout game. Like last year, I in the semi final. You know, you, as you say, Leash. You end up where you deserve to be after two or three games. If you lose the first game, it's taken away your hands a bit. 
it was the second game their hands are tied behind their back nearly and it's like Paul and O'Loughlin Paul are going to be top O'Loughlin are going to be bottom they're in relegation that's the end of the story um, okay, just to give you another little example locally the Kildare one is not something I'd be a big fan of either as mm-hmm. <laughs> for what it's worth because they, they've got their first round and then if you win the first round uh, winners will go into one group and you will get two I think coming out of it and we're right in saying that over a group of four and a winners <laughs> group then and then if you lose the first round, you go into a losers group, and all you have to do is top that when you're playing. Maybe like sometimes, like I think this year, I want the correction on it, but was it was it Nason at high or was it at high? It was two or three of the big guns on yeah, two two out of the three big guns will say met in the first round, and you're nearly thinking if I lose this, it is not the end of the world really, because I'm going into a group that I'm just going to be so dominant in anyway probably, you know. So there is no real there's glitches in every format. There is ups and downs, and there is, you know, I suppose all, all those kind of cliches you want to throw out there. So that's probably just the joys of it. An interesting aspect of, in, in, when you talk about structures and things, and Stevie, I think, is absolutely on the money. The Intermediate Championship is like serious value for money because on any given week there, anyone could be anybody. We, within reason, right? But in Senior Championship, only five different teams have won the Senior Championship in the last 35 years. It's a fair statistic, and and, mm. and and it's not it's not like there's there's plenty of players playing junior football in Carlo who if they're if they were to move to um live in one of, where, where one of the seniors are playing there's no doubt they'd probably um be good enough to make a senior team there's no there's not some magic um portion in one part of the county that means there's better footballers and, you know um but structure over a period of time is what's going to um is what's going to eat uh, balance the scales but constantly just letting one team up and one team down or whatever the case may be you're never going to really um like 12 was too much at the time i think your yeah. suggestion of 10 is, is is there but but like changing it to 10 and expecting results next year not going to happen it needs to be 10 maybe for five six seven eight years and you're probably hoping for someone to come along and overturn or at philly or an aerog or a pal or to new Island or whatever to um uh, to try and spur on the others, but yeah, but five, five teams in 35 years. Um, mm. says no story, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the handiest way around these permutations, I know I've given the fixtures, we'll just go home through a group by group. So, as we've said last week, I suppose Palatine are, um, yeah, they're four points here, they're playing all Auckland, they've already played Rangers and Rafferty, so they're guaranteed semi final. All Auckland are guaranteed relegation final, having lost uh, Rafferty and Rangers. So, that's an easy one. Move on to group two, where as Stevie has said, Tenoyland are on four points. Uh, Bynastown are on three. They play each other this weekend. A draw will see Tenoyland straight through to a semi-final. Um, a win will obviously see them through as well, straight to a semi-final. And if Bynastown were to win it, they would go straight through. Uh, Aero take on Banalbrana. Aero on one point after two games. Banalbrana, uh, no points. Um, so that kind of explains itself there as well. Uh, Aero just need a draw to, to get through. Um Balabrana would need to win that to get the last quarter final spot and do the unthinkable and put Eirog into relegation trouble. Um, intermediate Football Championship, moving down to that then. So in Group 1, uh, we're getting the circle of that here and I don't like it. Uh, Kilbride are on four points. Grange are on three points. They face off. Uh, a draw for Grange puts them... Or sorry, a draw for Kilbride puts them straight through uh, along with a win. And if Grange were to win that, they would go straight through. Kilavin on one point and the Blues... No point. So Kildavan just need a point to get through. Uh, Blues would have to win that to put Kildavan into 
relegation trouble. Moving across the group two then, and feel free to add to this. I know, Steve, you had a different scenario there for they've won. But uh, Fenner on four have won the first two games. Uh, Michel, they've won, have drew their first two games. There are two points that there to be Fenner. They'll go straight through on the head-to-head. Um, St. Patrick's then, uh, they face Aero. Both of them are on a point. Both of them are on the very same score difference. Uh, That's what I'm Steve, saying. If Michel, if it was a draw and Michel lost be six points or something, I'm not sure exactly what it is to, to Airog or to, to five, Fenna. Five points, yeah. Yeah, they could be bought. You know, and Luke's Lake last year, Clanmore were, they were in the quarterfinal or semi-final and next one during the relegation. The relegate, straight relegate, you know. What does so, that come to, actually? Just I know it's a very unlikely scenario. But but score not, not There's more score to be score difference. But to treat them around, treat them could potentially be on minus five. It's oh, a possibility. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, um, like, as I said, St. Patrick's and Airog are currently bought on minus wife. Check the small print. Yeah. He's in season play. Um, I'm going to leave that one last because I actually don't know. But if anyone is uh, tuned in, uh, feel free to, to let us know. Um, or if it's something that needs to be sorted out and someone can inform us in the coming days, uh, we'll get a tweet out or something like that because genuinely, I haven't a Scooby Doo. Uh, Junior A. Moving back down to that then. So, Ballon, four points. Palatine on two. O'Loughlin on two. And uh, Bynastone Gales on bottom there. So, Stevie, you were going out to the permutations of this. And a few bits and bobs can happen. Um, O'Loughlin are taking on Ballon, we said. And Pal are taking on Bynastone. So, yeah, there's a little bit in that one now, isn't there? It's still like... Yeah, there that. is. But it depends on Bynastone beating Pal. Oh, well, the O'Loughlin and Pal and... All Auckland beat Bangson well, I suppose, in the winner. There was nothing that came to half time, but Bangson got first bet enough of Ballon the scene. There is a chance, but it's probably, you know, I, I, do, do all Auckland beat Ballon to get. Um, yeah, all Auckland have to beat Ballon, I think, and that would leave Pal on two points if Bangson beat them, they'd be on two points and they'd be in the head to head, so. Yeah, O'Loughlin score difference is plus seven, Pals is minus one, and Bidison's obviously minus 38. Yeah, basically, um, you want to be, if you're if you're in a tie with another team, you want to make sure it's the team that you, you beat, and that's that's what, uh, you know, these, say a team in Tipperary yesterday were to win be so much they didn't, Sean Trace, I think they didn't, and a team in Cork had to win, who was, that had to be a 17-point swing or something, and just see a clip of them when they got hold of the other game, and, and, and they got it, so it's, uh, I presume they're in round robin games as well that they had to. Mm-hmm. So there's one one got through on it and one didn't. So, um, but the Tinrail right. Bangaston game is the one where I'm, there's a bit of pressure on both of them. Though, was in both of them got points of their rog. So there's a bit of expectancy there of both of them. Though, so and there's a character of a semi final as well. So that'll be. I'm going to come back to the predictions on that. I just want to go through the, the tables yeah. first. Clamore, uh, four points, as we said. They're guaranteed. Um, straight through to the semi, having beaten both Lachlan Bridge and Tenryland. Lachlan Bridge, who faced Tenryland, they're two points each. That's just sorting out second and third. And the Fighting Cocks, yeah, they're in. That's mad. Like, they got into that situation, which I suppose is the, the other thing with the championship that they could throw up. We were saying, trying to teams and nearly bounced straight up. Like, and now look at the West, they're panning out, I suppose. Um, down to... Down to Junior Bino. Not off exactly with all the permutations here. And you know what? The thing is not really 
load up from here either. Oh, here we go. Uh, St. Mullins in Group 1, four points. Balorana, two. Calavan, uh, two. And Aerog there on bottom. And over in Group 2, you have Aske topping that on four. Actually, I want to give a shout-out to Aske now in a sec. Uh, Rafili on two. Fena on two. Nevon, uh, no point yet. But it wasn't long after the podcast had finished last week. Uh, possibly Tuesday morning, actually. And I saw a result in... Under 17, Division 1. Now, Brian, this is not great for your ears, but for the bigger picture, it's excellent. Ask a 6'10", I think it was a Rafili 111 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, poor, like, I don't want to say poor Aske, it sounds condescending, right? But they have such limited resources there, and a lot of time, you know, player pools and all that are not plenty. Mm-hmm. That is savage. I know there's loads of great work going in down through uh, the underage grades. Um, you see something like that happening, like, it buys into what we're saying about the, the grades down along, you know what I mean, and, and coming up into senior and all that. That is fantastic to see. I was delighted to see that. Like, yeah. No. In fairness, um, even uh, when, when, like when I was under fourteen or sixteen, um, there was a couple of games you sort of look forward to every year. Like I remember, I used to always be full back, and we were playing Aska, and you were beating them by so much. I was brought out to midfield, like which wasn't a good sign for Aska, like you know. But um. But like it's not too long ago, Asker were um, going well in intermediate. Like Ronan Donnelly was centre centre field. Um, Johnny Kavna. Johnny Kavna, like <laughs> absolute class act. Um, Barry Connolly was there as well. Like it's not that long ago, Asker were um, were there thereabouts heading for senior mm. football. So it's actually as great as a surprise and as good as a result that is for Asker to beat Rafidi under seventeen. It's not. Um, um, it's not that long ago that Aska had some real talent there. Just to go back to the, um, I'm sure it's the same for club, but in the inter county scene for the, so you've head to head, then you score difference, then apparently it goes to highest total score for. If there's still level on that, it goes to total goals for, and if that's the level, then it's a playoff. So there's there's three or four bits there to be worked out before yeah. you get to the playoff stage, but, um. Um, that's the rule on a fair play to you for getting that one. <laughs> that, that was it. That was intercounty now, so I presume it's the same. It's going to be the same for if if club if counties adapt yeah. for championship break. You know, I, I was at six and seven to try and get an explanation on it there anyway. But yeah, so that's the uh, that's kind of that part cover. So we go through the predictions for for round three then. Um, and Stevie, I know you're mad to talk about Tin Island and um, and Bidestone. That's because you're half by just someone, anyway, as you saw when the senior hurling championship was the second place. Um, that every top was on your decoy. On the tone. Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, group one, I, mm, it's not even, I'm not even mad on, on talking about some of these predictions, permutations. Pal and all Auckland, maybe all Auckland want to go, and I, Pal, I don't know what the plan is, doesn't, well, maybe, yeah, I, I'm just going to say Pal and in a word. I won't give much more airtime after that. Right, and Steve, you're yeah. staying, and I won't put you on the spot for that. Rafili and Rangers, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Rangers lads might have uh, another game, or they will have another game under the belt. Um, let, let's see where they're at. Is there a kick in Rafili? Are the boys back? Uh, I'll probably still go with, with Rafili. I think it'll be a sore after the last day. Brian, do you want to abstain uh, from this? We're missing 10, not going well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. in the water out here. Uh, yeah, um, I know like, you'd hope, um. To be kicking them like, yeah. Yeah, and it looks like lads are back as well, so um, all going well. My one big fear was their goals Rangers got against Lachlan were like 
top draw goals and some of them were straight through the centre and that's where we've been conceding goals. So if we if we don't concede goals, I'd hope to see referee getting over the line. Um, the only thing is, like what we're saying, it's, ultimately it's not really going to make a difference. It just depends who Rangers and referee are going to play in the in the quarterfinals, you know? Yep. Steve? I have to go for Raffili, but Rangel loses a game to get plenty of football into the system. As I said, the last we said last night, the, the part of Pal result shot against by uh, all Auckland, uh, the six lads back, fair enough. They'll use this as a as a, a good a, a good warm up to the quarter final, and as I said, part of the plan and that that'll be decided as well. Okay, um, Thailand Bynestone, and this is a juicy one, definitely. Um, and a very hard one to call as well, I must say. I just think that 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 big win over over Airog, um, and this would be the most thin riding thing possible. It would have been over the last few years, even though you know we're we're thinking there's a little bit of difference in them this year. But if if they were to go and lose to Bynestone at the weekend, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world because you've seen it time after time again. And maybe if they go and produce here now again, there might be another further sign of uh, of you know things things changing and there is a bit of a shift there. I think anyway. But no, I'm gonna go to Ireland. I think they'll win. Um, Brian, Bagnestown. Okay, Stevie. I haven't seen Bagnestown, so I'm only going to what I've heard and um, I've seen some real board games. Been impressed with them. Fairly impressed with them. Um, so just an I'll give to Ireland a nod, but. Uh, the Bangs and Gales did 16 miles last night. No, I don't know what positions were shooting from, but if the, it was if, a terrible game. Yeah, well, like, look, the, the wides are, 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 you know, you kick 15 or 16 wides, like that's not going to wash from now on. Like, that go over that game, that won't work. And like, they're not going to be, they'll have looked at that and they'll say, right, those 10 shots there, they shouldn't have been took out or five of them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're going to be, they're going to find it difficult unless, like, but they, they have proven. From what they did against Arrow, just from what I've heard now, and I didn't see the game, but they have the ability to break free very quickly. So it goes back to what we were saying about Shane Rebbin last week. If that ball doesn't go dead, Tyrone do commit a lot of numbers forward. Um, and Binders don't have the pace to get at them the far side. But if they don't get at them at pace, they're going to find it hard to break them down, as are nearly every team in the championship. Mm. So this yeah, is what makes it They'll probably have John Murphy back to have what's the man Ryan, he's a big unit there, full back and going forward. He's a mm. He was a big, big help the last day. Um, I give to Ryan the slight nod, but okay, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's been a, a, from a neutral point of view. That's that's the game of the weekend to see, you know, as a little bit of pressure on both of them. The both got, got results against their oak for varying reasons. They go, okay, you could say Bangasome should have got possibly one because the uh, numerical advantage from more, but they got a pint out, but they got conceded 130 to them a couple of years ago, or 30 points in a semi final a couple of years ago, right? Maybe different their all team, but like you know, this is this is a quarter final now, basically, in in in, in any terms. So, uh, be interesting to see. Okay, there we go. Um, Erogan Balabrana, Balabrana are probably looking at this now at the moment, thinking, Jesus, lads, we're in a bit of trouble here, but we're probably getting the Erog at the best possible time we could ever have hoped to get them, but they have a lot of work to do. Um, I think. I think Erog are still, uh, Brian. Uh, look, yeah, Erog. Um, was it 2010 when um, Ballon actually beat Erog yeah. in the last round of the thing and still got relegated because Tull- so the, the the one game in the group 
ended up mm. playing relegation against Tullo. Tullo managed to get it together and beat them in the, in the relegation. It was Pal. I think it was Pal, wasn't it, man? Yeah, maybe, maybe it was now. But, uh, no, Pal, no, it was Pal, 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 Pal and beat Euro, but Pal and played Pal in relegation. It was Pal before. It was before. Or, yeah. It was before one of the county finals, I think. We yeah. won the Raffaele O'Loughlin county finals, that was on, I think. It was yeah. mad. I think it was... Was that a replay as well? It could have been... That could have went to a replay. I yeah, think I think it, it could be right. Mad enough. Um, but yeah, but like you'd have to you'd have to be thinking Aero there, like unless like we said it last week, Aero could win this game, win the quarter final, get on a run, and uh, you, you wouldn't put it past them. I couldn't see Balnebrana getting over the, getting, and especially the the two games they've played haven't been um, at nearly try home either. So and and. I don't see what they have to bring to the table that's, that's going to overturn Erog and Erog it's a must win game for them so you really wouldn't give Ballerina much hope and that's uh, trying to be as nice as I can Okay at this particular <laughs> juncture lads um, we're going to have to keep the the segment the segment huh? the segment the segment quite short um, but we're looking into the crystal ball and obviously we have a couple of rounds played now and it'll be just interesting to go back on county final weekend and, and see how Horribly wrong we were. Uh, but your senior, intermediate, and junior A champions. Um, I want them here now, and we have about two or three minutes. Uh, Stephen, I'll start with you. I'll still go with Clamor and Fenn. Anyway. I said I said Tin Ryland just as a different thing at the start of the year. Um, and he did, in fairness. It was only two people, and one of them was you and one of them was Joe. But, um, <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I just... And they said the national aspect of the championship would blow it open. It wasn't, it wasn't. You know, it didn't knock Raffaele out, it didn't knock Aerogo. It's after giving the teams a beat and hope and a bit more enthusiasm. The two of them slipped to be beaten in a knockout game. Oh, I don't know what the fuck. I'm looking at the benches and I'm trying to see who was have pal enough in the bench to come in if they're in trouble with 16 or 17 lads that are, you know, generally starting games. Oh, I. The bookies still go for Aerog, the Raffillian, Pal Jane second. Um I'm going to go with Raffilly, I don't know, for some I, I think Brendan Murphy coming back again now just adds adds a lot to the team. Presumably he's back. But um I'm going to go with Raffilly. Okay. Brian. Stevie took up two and a half of the first three minutes there, so I <laughs> <laughs> like obviously hoping and praying, Rafili. Uh the pad game was a big that, that was a real fright. Yeah, I go Rafili. Okay, intermediate and junior. Uh, intermediate, Fenna. Junior A Clamore. All right. Uh Junior A Clamore, I think still. Um intermediate Fenna. Senior I have a feeling. I know there's a lot of words going out there, but I'm ten, I'm inclined to agree with with the bookies. Still, I think I think Erog can get it together. I think they they might get it together, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Still, so that's that's where we're at. Um, I haven't done predictions in the intermediate and and junior games, uh, but I'm going to have to move on here, unfortunately. So that's I think okay, right? That's that's where we are. We're about six or seven minutes behind in terms of. Uh, in terms of running order, team, we're not going too well. So we're going to talk to John Kelly now. He's going to join us. He's a 
waiting here patiently backstage. John, how are you getting on, sir? How are things, guys? Not too bad. I'm sorry there. Uh, yourself and Steve, you look like billboards at the at, at the moment. When you hit the put a tilt on the laptop of his can, lads. Uh, there we go. There we go. It barely, barely fitches in you, about two thirds of a screen. John, fair yeah, play right. to you, boy. The game game of my life book. Um, I think you have a big launch coming up this week, so maybe you'll tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so <clears throat> the game is called Carlo Game of My Life. Um, it's been published by Liam Hayes, of course, former Mead footballer and Carlo football manager. Um, he's a journalist himself, and he is the brainchild of this uh, publishing company called Hero Books. And he's doing this series called Car- or called Game of My Life, and he's hoping to write a book for all 32 counties eventually. I'd say there's maybe 15, 16 so far. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what it is basically is I've interviewed 30 Carlo players from the 1960s right up to the modern day between football and hurling. Um, they all pick one game from their career that stood out for whatever reason, could be good, bad or indifferent. Um, and then they they look back on that game, but then they, they kind of look back on their career as well. So I suppose it's kind of, they're kind of mini memoirs in a way, you know. Um, so we started it last July. Um, finally, now we've got to the end of the road. Um, book is available online and we're having launches, uh, five launches, um, which is a bit ambitious, I thought, but that's what Liam Hayes and the publishing company wanted to do. So... I wasn't going to argue with them then or stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to going around the clubs now and, and getting the book. You know, um, because I think this is the first time a book like this has been done by a national publisher. I know Kieran Murphy from the National has done a book a couple of years ago, a very good book. Um, GA Giants in the Small County, um, but I think this, as far to my best of my knowledge, this is the first time a book is actually by a national publisher um, about Carlo GA. So. Very, very exciting. And I'm very excited for the genuine Carlo supporters like yourselves and other supporters to read the story because there's some there's some fantastic stories like, you know, starting from Mowling Morrissey and Tommy Corker in the 60s, all the way up through all the decades, right up to the modern day. You know, there's some fantastic stories, um, some great memories in there. So I'm looking forward to the launches, looking forward for all the, the Carlo people to, to get their hands yeah. on it and have Where a good launch. The launches is... Um, Starting this Thursday the 8th in Tenryland Clubhouse, um, Friday the, the day after, following night, Friday in Airog, um, Friday the 16th in Pal Clubhouse, uh, Wednesday the 28th of September in the Railway House in Banglestown, and Thursday the 29th of September in Lawler's Bar in Ratfilly. And, um, I, but as well as that, like, you know, it's a Carlo book, so just because it's in the launches in Tenryland or Airog or Pal, it's not. Tenryland Airog or Pal book. It's a Carlo book. So players from any club. I said this to all the players as well. Like, you know, players from any club is, is welcome at any launch. You know, it's it's a Carlo book. And I'm hoping to get um Jim Bulger for one of the launches, hopefully Thursday night in Tenryland, just to just to show that obviously him, the chairman of Carlo GA, that it is a Carlo GA book. It's not about Tenryland or Ratfilly or Airog or Moish or anyone, you know. Um we're just spreading the launches around the county. But um yeah, and I'd like to say very excited and looking forward to the, the genuine Carlo fans. There's some great, fantastic stories in there, you know. Mm-hmm. You even got one or two of a bamberg I heard, is it? Yeah, well, <laughs> I threw a little curveball in there having Stephen in there, yeah. It was like, a, did, you ever, did you ever get a CD and there's a, there's, did you ever buy a new CD and there's a, a secret track at the end of it or a silent track? <laughs> I was doing with Stephen, I said, I'll throw an old, an old secret player in there, an old curveball in there. Um, but you know, like, the thing is, like, it, you know, it's like there's some great players in the book, right? But like 
some players like you know they mightn't be the best talkers and that's nothing to do that's just some people are shy you know in fairness to Stephen like you know he mightn't be the, the most well-known Carroll player but he wore the jersey for five six years whatever it was and he had a very good story you know he picked uh, the game of Lachlan in the 1997 final but you know he went over his career football in hurling and um even we even talked about his driving tests and you know weddings and after the weddings and stuff but you know he had a great story and you know that's that's what it's about as well it's about you know he wore the jersey for five or six years he had a good story as good as anyone else you know so um i don't feel as bad now huh? <laughs> what's, what's the um is there any one story that, you're, that stands out to you like or is that giving it away um it's hard to pick like I, I would say I mean, there's like there's a lot. It's hard to pick. I for me, I would say Mauling Morrissey, right? Like Mauling Morrissey is the first player in the book. And the game of his life he picked was 1962 All Ireland Intermediate Final, Carlo B. Galway. Like when I was growing up, 14, 15, 16, really getting into Carlo GA, like you know, I would have heard of like some Mauling Morrissey and and you know, his brother, his brother playing with Wexford and all this kind of crack. And for me to actually be sitting down and having a chat with him and and him to be talking about 1962 and he actually made his debut for Carlo he said in 1959 when he was under 16 so to be sitting down and and talking to Mauling a name a legend in Carlo GA and talking about those games and talking about playing against Christy Ring like it was just yesterday um you know he he um was wonderful to be able to chat to him like I mean these lads are legends in Carlo GA like you know and I think for a lot of the the younger supporters who mightn't have heard of the likes of Mauling Morrissey or, or Tommy Corkin or Richie Moore you know um you know, I think it's important to keep these names going and hopefully that's what this book will do, you know. Did you have to get the solicitors to oversee it just in case there's any uh, <laughs> un- untruths? They weren't interested. When I said Carly, yeah, they weren't interested. So I'd look what you want. <laughs> that's great, man. Like, and to be honest with you, uh, I would have been similar mindset with uh, my time in the Gansey series that we started off the, the podcast yeah, with. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's just... To sit down and listen to those stories is, you know, you'd be in awe, really. Um, and obviously, yeah, I, I found kind of the same as you. Um, you know, some lads you could do three or four podcasts with. Other lads, you probably have to bait it out with them a little bit. But there's great stories in there. Just take that little bit more work. Um, but to just sit there and look, you know, I suppose lads that you're looking up to and all uh, when you're a kid and get to hear those stories. I think it's, it's pretty cool. And for you to have your name to that book, that's... That's pretty sweet, like, and no one can ever take that away. Um, in in terms in terms of where it's available, obviously you've mentioned the launches, but uh, Amazon I know is one particular place where I think I saw a link for. Um, do you want to give us a bit of a, an insight into that where people can pick it up? Yeah, so it's it's available at the minute online on Amazon.co.uk. Um, it's going to be available on an ebook in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think that takes a bit longer to to get together or whatever. Um, hopefully within the next seven days it's going to be available in Easton's in Carlotown. And myself, I'm going to be in Carlo one day next week, and I'm going to be getting the. I'm going to be selling the books locally myself because, like, the likes of Liam Hayes and Hero Publishing, they deal with Easton, the big, the big um, national publishers. They're not going to deal with the small shops around Carlo Town. So I'm going to go around myself and hopefully stock it local, you know, um, in Carlo Town and around the county. But like I said, it's going to be it's going to be in Easton's um, within the next, let's say, seven or eight days from now, and it'll be it's online and if any does go to the book launch there'll be loads of books available on the night for anyone to buy so there's plenty of places to buy it anyway yeah so you've no excuse 
and and for, for for those of us with short attention spans, is there uh, pictures or is it all? Uh... Oh, there's pictures in it, yeah, for just for the people who can't read and just like pictures. <laughs> it's a picture book, isn't it? <laughs> oh, so, so, like, so, for example, like like you know, you know, say Stephen picked the 1997 county final. So there's a picture of Stephen. There's a match report of um. There's a match report of the game. There's um. There's team lineouts and everything. And it's Excellent. funny because like. Of the 30 players in it, so there's 29 match reports and 29 team lineups. The only um only one I, I signed up to the Nationalist Archives and they have all the newspapers going back to the 19 or the 1800s or whatever. And there's only one match report and one team lineout I couldn't pick. That was Tommy Corkin, the game of his life he picked with the 1962 Carlo football semi-final, Carlo against Pal. And so I logged on to the Nationalist Archives and couldn't I could find this game, but there's only a small little match report, but there's no team lineouts. And I got on to um, another John Kelly from Pal, Scott's brother, and I said, "What's the story there?" Like I said, "You know, do you, would you have any team lineout or anything?" He said, "No, look, I think." Uh, he asked another person, another historian in Pal, and the reason there's no match report is because Pal had two illegal players at the time. <laughs> <laughs> team lineouts, the team lineouts weren't given to the nationalists. All it was was the scorers. So that's I found I found that out. So, you know, brilliant. It's a nice one, yeah. No, that's not that, that's good anyway, isn't it? Like, that's the story itself. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that was that was accepted back then, wasn't it? Really, yeah. Yeah, I know Stevie's a similar story with. He tells this regularly enough about lads playing with Sam Martins that I think when you came down and appeared with with Nair Breed for a count was that a county final as well? Possibly. Right. Possibly, yeah. John, uh, 1971 Junior League final. Ballon had an absolute savage team and won the senior two years after. And um the story goes, my father came down to the tunnel to see the boys coming out. It was all Auckland or St. Lazarus. It was all Auckland basically, you know, I think it was called all Auckland. And um as he looked, it was four or five lads he had in the clue hood. Where he was looking to see what numbers were we were playing, and um, low quirk. Danny's Danny's father, Danny would have played with us for many years in the football in hurling there, one senior and bought. And low quirk would have been full back. So Luke decided, um, George Dyle was his, I think, his nephew, serious good hurler. And uh, it was that time it was Cohn, Cohn, Muckley, and Ballyfile were three different teams. So he landed up into the yard anyway, and between the George Dyle was a good, he was nearly count, well, he, he, he brought him on anyway, and he got a couple of the Morns, and the Morns were the main part of the St. Mark's team, won the all in and he brought a couple of Morrissey's then as well. Now, the Morrissey's would have been related to the Bambricks, my first cousins, David, John, Noel, and all them, and more and more. They were first cousins on the other side, so they held the hunt anyway. Nicky Morrissey got injured and ended up in the district hospital. Like, but like, good knowledge. The, the boys were half killed anyway, and they could only draw a ball and kill him. <laughs> and um, there is a match report, and I have actually John Kelly, the other John Kelly, the pal John Kelly, as you said, he sent me on the team program from that. And you want to see the program at the back of it, there's about nine Bambricks in it. Now, there was nine Bambricks around, but there wasn't four of them that said how though. And <laughs> Nicky Morrissey got. Cut, you got broke mm. up anyway. He, he ended up in the, in the district hospital, and the nurse says, I know I'm from Auckland, you're not from Auckland, she says. And um, then Paddy Grace, the legendary chair or secretary in Kilkenny, um, there was another Nicky Morrissey up there, probably a first cousin of Nicky Morrissey's, and he, he was walking on the street in Kilkenny one day. And Paddy Grace says to him, Why are you still playing a match in Carla last week? And this other Nicky Morrissey didn't know how he was on about, but I don't know whether they got. Band or whoever after anyway, but uh, 
the, that, that Ballon Killing team, they had only 15 names on the programme, but they were all, I think they, they had only 15 and, and uh, O'Loughlin had 22 or 3 or 4. But those lads, like Phil Mean, I asked Phil Mean, are you playing that final? No, they're down the programme, which is, I don't think, I don't know who's even talked about. So, you could get away with it that time, you won't get away with it now. And definitely what John said about the, like, I remember that happened with soccer, that often happened with soccer back when we were playing with Cran or Rock United, we some, someone brought in and dumped me down the match report, he was in should be a football train with car or something, so. I'd say it's still accepted in the soccer, it's a, it's a locally. <laughs> well, if John Owen was on here now, we'd be giving him a good ribbon about Nurney anyway, because they're over 35 season starts and they're, they're just going to a minor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he said they were born in leap year, so. <laughs> yeah. so John, John the, the names John has in the book, like the, 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 the 30 lads, I'd say there's six or seven of them in the story I have, and not like Richard Moore's in it as well, it's not the dual plan as well, you know, it's just, it's mad. The way it's a small county, we know everyone, and, and uh, if, if you don't know everyone, you get to know everyone. And uh, I think most of Stephen, a, most of Stephen's story wasn't about playing anyway. <laughs> yeah, because the match was just in the way. Off, I think. The yeah, well, uh, one of the brothers, uh, Trevor, um, didn't play too much football, but he played um, under 16 one time for Philly and he went to a match in Grange. And one of the, one of the Grange players drove to the match. Now, it was under 16, so either he was too young to be driving or he was too old for under 16, but there was something wrong with that story. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the way things work. John, just say to you, like, it's some achievement to write a book. I'd say 100 out of 100 people think about writing a book. I'd say 70 actually go and maybe try start one. I'd say 50 uh, maybe do a bit of research and get a little bit through it. And I'd say very, very few actually... Um, get one published so it's it's an amazing achievement and uh it's been there forever like so yeah you've, you've made your mark so just um you should be very proud of yourself and, and congratulations yeah no I, i'm kind of unhappy enough like you know the writing without being too cocky the writing kind of came easy enough to me like because something i've always been into i used to write do a bit of writing for the nationals years ago and i wrote for a couple of websites kind of over the years and so the writing is something i've always been into and obviously carla g is some ga's massive for me like so to be able to to get the two of them together um and like i say like you know these fellows are my heroes you know i mean you hear mauling marcy and richie moore and, and these lads but then even going to geez i remember like when i was 13 14 going to carlo games and seeing johnny nevin and sean Kavanagh and, and hearing about hearing about paddy quirk and then you know for johnny nevin to invite you down to his house to have a chat with him and you know i met paddy quirk outside the the service station down in Ireland. we had a chat on the benches there i mean geez i mean for me, like I might as well be meeting Roy Keane or Ryan Giggs or one of these lads, you know. Um, so the interview was very, very enjoyable, you know. Um, so yeah, so thanks anyway. So I just hope that the, like you say, it'll be there forever, and I hope the genuine Carlo people um, get out and buy it, you know, because there's there's stories in Carlo as good, if not better, as in any any county in the country, you know. Deadly. Uh, before you go, what's your predictions for uh, the championships? Senior, I think I think Clamore I think Clamore look for the junior straight away. I mean, you look what they did to to Ireland last week. Jeez, to Ireland didn't even score. I can't remember the last time that happened. Any team um, intermediate? I, I I always think intermediate is harder to call than senior. There's so many teams intermediate that come in it. Um, I don't know. I'm going to sit on the fence in intermediate. I don't know. It's it's so hard to call. Like the senior, you'd normally pick a rogue and 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 Ratfilly top two. I think Pal. 
Hal are young and they look they look um the two games so far like they look they look good you know. Um, look at smile on his face. He thinks he wants to ride it. He thinks to ride it. Look at the head. Look at the head. Like, ninety eighty one the last time they won it. They haven't even won it in my lifetime. We've seen many many false dawns in Ireland, and they've had two good wins so far. But like if they lose their next game to Bangalore or they lose quarter final like. That year old win will be forgotten about and it'll be back to what poor old Ireland when will they win it again. So like the old saying, you're only as good as your next game. So that year old game will count for nothing unless Tin Ireland back it up with quarter final, the semi final. And I mean, you know, not only have Tin Ireland won it since eighty one, but they've only reached two finals in that time. I mean, for the Tin Ireland's football mad place and they should be at least reaching more finals, you know. So I think it's it's high time um we got there. But look I say it's um Bagel Sound are coming team the last two or three years, so it's going to be a serious game this weekend. Probably the toughest game to run in the pad this year, right? There we go. John, thanks a million. Some great ch- uh, chatting to you, and look, the best luck with the, with the book and all. All right, Jay? Thanks a million, lads. There we go. What Sorry. a gent. What a gent. Um, yeah, very best luck indeed. Are we at the AOB part already? This is amazing. It's probably the quickest podcast I think of nearly ever done on a championship um, weekend. Uh, anything else to give a shout out to before we finish? We happy enough. Yeah, have you had time for a quick Paddy Crook story? Do it, do it. We were always we were, have time for a quick Paddy Crook story. Man. Yeah, we were, always. we were, we were very, very, very lucky uh, going to school in Tullow. Um, Paddy was engineering teacher, you know, and uh, for, like for years, and um, invariably he, he was nearly always over. Um, if not the junior football team, he'd be over the senior football team. But um, Ember, we went out to train one day, and he, he used to come out onto the pitch with uh, wellies. Well in the boots, like, and um, we we came out to train one day and bitter cold day, and there was a gale force wind blowing. Um, th- like if you know the pitch in Tullow, f- like from the town end, blowing out towards kind of Mount Hulsey, and um, he happened to walk down behind the back of the goals, and someone took a shot, and the wind caught it, and it went out kind of to the right, and he was standing on the end line, closer to the corner than he was to the goal, and someone said, "Go on, sir, uh, kick it in wellies," and from the end line, curl it over the bar in Willies. Like, absolutely awesome. insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then two minutes later, Paul Jr. went in Trey shoulder him and he put him on his arse as well. So it was just <laughs> it was uh but he was he was an absolute legend. Legend. Mm. Fifteen county medals, like fifteen senior hurling medals and football. And there should have won two or three more football hurling. Yeah. Um, did Michael you know, did Michael used, used to use him um Used to say that they'd, they'd pull Cork from the county team if, if such and such a game wasn't uh, refixed and all this crack. Wasn't that kind of a tactic they used to use down there? Big conspiracy theory, Cohen. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. And you don't want to bring it up solicitors earlier. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's fair power to have, though. Jenny Mack. Yeah, serious player. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I don't remember Paddy playing, like, which is a shame. Oh, near the way. Near the way. Well, you know we, played, we, we were under 40, we were under 14B. Uh, we'd be born in Sorrento with Boris at the time, and he presented us with the medals up in the hall in O'Loughlin. And four years later, we're, there was I'd say four of us playing senior against him. But uh, he he um he he cut down his ash trees, must be in the garden or whatever, anyway. And he would cut branches and boughs off from there a couple of years ago. And I heard that says me. You know, I was looking to look out for stakes. We're definitely looking for them now, anyway. If they can, well, the, the the price of everything. But um, 
hold on to him with a lot of sticks one day on your paddy quirk and she was talking to the yard and she like the man you know he you wouldn't know he kicked the football or a hurling ball it was just you know I was talking remember getting the like that time he was you know he just you know it was when when John Levin came along he was compared to him or you know yeah. Pat Foley or Mercy and I mean, you know, up here he was you know 23 when he died and you know you, these lads they're you see the poor tragedy below with, with the the Brahma chap in in um mm. in Kerry, you know, he's thirteen, he started out and you know, he was going to be, you know, following his father's footsteps in a jockey and his grandfather's well before him, you know, and these things, you know when you have these people in their in their locality and things, like they're you know, there's they look at Ronaldo's and all these guys in the telly, but these guys are <laughs> John Kelly says, Mem over over in Tin Island, like, you know, you, you meet these lads and I wouldn't say take for granted. You never, you don't take Paddy Kirker and everyone of these lads for granted. But you know, it's great to have the likes of these lads on their own doorstep. And um, Sean Cabin, I remember one day we were playing, Carter playing over in one of the games called Park there a couple of years ago. And Sean Cabin came into the pub and was brother who followed Carlo fairly well. And, and you know, introduced Sean Cabin to him, delighted. And you know, I saw us. Small county, and I said, if you don't know that, you'll get to find out who he is fairly quick. And you know, mm -hmm. the the no in fairness to Paddy, the ash burnt fairly well anyway. <laughs> <laughs> still, still burnt. Is Joe? Is Joe? Is Joe making hers over? <laughs> no, um, that's brilliant. That's inch. brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> cracker, a great way to finish. Brian, Stephen, thanks a million. Good luck, lads. All the best, super stuff. Thanks again to uh Precision Media Productions, the Babas, Fine Framers, JJ Services, Scats Bouncing Castles, Recovery Hub, and Carlo, Milano's Takeaway, and Binding Sound, Seamus Burn Electrical, uh, Floodlight Orientated, uh, Carpenter's Bar Lounge and Restaurant, uh, Pint Orientated, and uh, Ray Whelan. Limited. Uh, might be looking for a wheel to take me away under that sort of pressure at the moment. But uh, thankfully, we've made it to the end of the podcast. We're back again next Monday. We'll do it all again. Chat to you soon. <laughs>